Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Kristen Stewart in talks to play Princess Diane. Then I'm also going to be talking about the new Candyman trailer that dropped today, which is something that I'm very much excited about with the way that Jordan Peele and them actually did that trailer. I thought it was really good, but I'm going to go and talk about that. Then after that, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of 007 uh, rumors that's actually going on right now. I'm going to be talking about that. And then I'm going to be reviewing a little film that came out in 1998 starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. And that movie is Can't Hardly Wait. So I'm going to be reviewing that. So without further ado, let's go on and get on with the show. And I just want to say this. It's been a privilege to be able to do what I've been doing. And I cannot believe that it's almost a year now that I've been doing this podcast. So I wasn't sure at first if I was going to do this with the 200th episode or if it was going to be the one year anniversary. But I figured, and also one of my fans also wanted this, and I totally agree with her when she said that she wanted me to do like a one-on-one interview and so I'm going to get my co-host Tamika to interview me to do a one-on-one so you guys can get familiarized with me on what I want with the podcast, what I see in the future for the podcast, as well as the future for the, uh, also for the page on Facebook as well. So there's that. And I hope that you guys actually do enjoy my show. Tell me what you guys have to say in the Apple podcast as well. Give me a review. Let me know what you guys think. And then speaking of Apple podcast. You know, I have to give a big shout out to the best five minute wine who left me a good positive um, comment about my show. And if you don't know what the best five minute wine is, I strongly recommend that you guys actually check it out, especially if you guys are like wine testers or if you guys are into drinking wine and everything. They're they're a really good, excellent podcast. It's really chill. It's really laid back. Their environment is really friendly between the 
uh, the host and the co-host. I strongly recommend that you guys actually check that out. But this is what they have to say about me. Hey, John, your movie knowledge never fades to black. It's endless. Thanks for giving us plenty of episodes to binge. And you're very welcome. I'm glad that you enjoy my show. I'm glad that, you know, that you guys are able to listen to me and talk about movies and geek out about certain things. And I also want to thank my fans as well for the support that you guys actually showed me in the year and a half that I had with the podcast. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into this whole entire thing about Christian Stewart in talks to play Princess Diane in a movie called Spencer. And a matter of fact, Spencer is supposed to be centered on a weekend in the early 1990s when Diana decided to separate from Prince Charles and Jackie. Director Pablo Larrarian, I believe that's his last name, is on board to direct from a script by Stephen Knight. Production is expected to begin in 2021. So here's my thoughts on this. And, you know, I have nothing against... Christian Stewart or anything like that or, you know, as far as a person goes or anything like that. But when it comes down to her acting ability and I'm going to be honest with you, she's not the best actress. She's very bland in everything that she plays in. The only film that I can actually say that she actually gave 110% in was Panic Room. And Panic Room was such a good movie and it was very suspenseful. It had Judy Foster in it. It was a fantastic film. And, of course, she was also maybe 14, 16 years old at the time, I believe. But she actually brought her A-game in that. You actually felt the motion with her character. You actually felt the motion and depth to her as an actress. And I thought at that time that she was actually an actress that you should be on the lookout for. But, you know, she has no facial expression at all When now that you actually look at her further down the line. She has no facial expression at all. She has nothing that really has that Princess Diane kind of feel to it because Princess Diane is elegant. She's she's a sweet, down-to-earth person. I'm not saying that Christian Stewart can't play a down-to-earth person, but her facial expressions, her the way that she carries herself, the way that she's presented as elegance and everything. And you have Christian Stewart uh, and... I just don't see her as a good fit for someone like Princess Diane because of the elegance, because of the way that Princess Diane actually carries herself, and because of the fact that her facial expressions showed everything. The pain, the emotion. When she's happy, she's happy. Especially when you when she went down to Africa, I believe, and she was taking care of this a, a bunch of uh, a lot of the Africans in that community. And you can tell the care that she has for people. And you can tell it in her eyes that she feels bad for these people suffering. And I'm not and I know that's not centered around this movie or anything like that. But I want something within that whole entire thing where you can actually feel some type of emotion to Princess Diane. With Christian Stewart, I just don't see it. That's just my own personal opinion on that. I mean, if you guys want to go, go on ahead, shoot me on an email. I'll have that in the description. Or if you guys want to leave me a voicemail message and explaining why you think that Princess Diane is actually, not Princess Diane, but why Christian Stewart is the strong actress that she is, if she if you think that she's actually a strong uh, actor, 
go on ahead, shoot me an email, a voicemail message and everything. And I'll play it on the show. I have no problem with people having differences of opinion of what they think. But for me, I just don't see her as a strong actress like I saw her in Panic Room. But hey, there's that. So I'm going to go on ahead and talk about this new... I'm going to be honest with you. This new trailer for Candyman is probably one of the best ways to actually do a trailer to Candyman. Don't get me wrong. We have that teaser trailer, which I absolutely loved. As a matter of fact, I even did a review on that. But the way they did this trailer is just phenomenal. And the cinematography with this whole entire thing, with the way Jordan Peele production team was able to do what they did, was telling the story of Candyman through puppets and through shadow puppets. I thought that was an actually a brilliant idea to actually show the legend come to life. Not only that, but during that time when Candyman was around as well, there was a lot of racism going on, and there's even racism going on today. But it shows the racism during that time period about where someone pointed their, points their fingers, they go to jail. Then somebody, and it shows the whole entire playing field of the premise of the universe that Candyman grew up in. Especially if they're going to keep the legend um, alive still, which I hope they are. Because that's who Candyman is. He falls in love with a white woman. A bunch of white people go ahead and they find out that she's been sleeping with a black man. And then they wind up cutting off his hands, his hand. And and then after that, a bu- and then also puts uh, honey all over him. And then a bunch of bees swarm in. And then, of course, he's dead. And then he becomes the Candyman. And, of, and he also has the hook for a hand. And it just shows you the intensity of what he went through with Shadow Puppets. And I just love the whole entire aspect of the fact that they went into it on that kind of direction. Because I wasn't expecting another trailer or anything like that today or anything like that. But I really have to say, they actually know how to, how to promote this film. And they actually know what they're wanting to do. And I'm perfectly sold with the first trailer that I got. I'm perfectly sold with this. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping that I can actually pick up the Blu-ray and this is actually on it. Because of the fact that it was just so beautifully well-crafted on the way they actually laid down the groundwork with the legend behind Candyman through Shadow Puppets. And as a matter of fact, I can even picture Tony Todd telling the story. Because Tony Todd does have a cameo appearance and Candyman, and then after that, I believe he's going to carry, uh, get the other actor, actor to carry the reins of Candyman. But I can just see it at the very beginning, where you actually see this legend, and through shadow puppets rather than actual actors, you're actually seeing what happens to Candyman through shadow puppets, and Tony Todd is actually explaining what happened to him and how. He gets revenge on people that says his name five times in a mirror because of the events that happened in his past. So I could actually see that actually happening. I could actually see them actually doing that. But tell me what you guys think about that, because I think that might actually play a key factor in this new Candyman reboot. But go ahead. Let me know what you guys have to say about that. Now I'm going to go on ahead and talk about this whole entire rumor about 
James Bond's daughter might make a, an appearance in this new James Bond film. And a lot of people are pretty much upset with it. I actually saw this on Twitter from another person. I'm not sure at how true this actually is, but supposedly at the end of It's a Good Day to Die, uh, his daughter comes in and then supposedly she might be the next James Bond. So I know I talked about this before, I believe. If I haven't, you know, this is going to be your first time hearing it. But I've always been a firm believer that it's okay to actually gender swap certain actors and actresses for certain roles and things like that. And I get the fact that James Bond is a man and it's actually based off of several books and stuff like that. I do. I understand that. And I respect that. I respect what you're what everybody is saying. And here's the thing. If they're going to do a female James Bond, what I would like for them to do is just change the number. Because don't forget, it's, if you think of the agency that 007 actually works with, and think of it like this. When we have cell phone numbers or phone numbers, they get recycled over and over again. Somebody else might actually have an old number that you actually had in your past. And so what they can do is they can do a different set of numbers. Like it should be like 008 or 009. She doesn't have to be 007 to carry on her father's number. She can actually become a different uh, character through another number rather than the 007 number, which is something that we're always accustomed to. But here's the thing. I'm okay with them doing it that route, but I really wanted them... If they're uh, Here's the thing. I don't want them to go down that route, and it's nothing to the fact that... I don't want to see a female James Bond or anything like that. It's just the fact that Daniel Craig is out of James Bond. And that's it. He's This is his last James Bond film. And I feel like if this is his last James Bond film. And if somebody chose to want to do another James Bond movie. You cut out everything that Daniel Craig's done. And that also includes maybe putting a, having his daughter. And you make your own James Bond film. And because every single director that directed a James Bond film made it its own thing, its own entity, its own identity. And that's the beautiful thing about the James Bond films. Even whenever they recast James Bond and everything, they made it their own movie. They didn't try and connect everything together because that's not what James Bond is. And I really love what they did with Casino Royale because it, and also uh, Skyfall and I didn't care for Spectre or anything like that, but they did connect a few of the films. And I really like the fact that they actually did connect Daniel, some of Daniel Craig's stuff. But I feel like now that Daniel Craig is done with James Bond and he, and if this movie is a smash hit, what I want to do is I want him to retire as James Bond on a high note, like Hugh Jackman did with, with Logan and be done with it. No connectivity with anything else. Get another actor to play James Bond. I don't care if he's black or anything like that. Just give me another James Bond movie. I'll be perfectly happy with it. Because of the fact it's not connected in with what Daniel Craig has done. Come up with your own original ideas on what you would like to see James Bond do. Rather than repeat the same stuff that you guys have done in other films that feature Daniel Craig. And don't worry about trying to do a female James Bond at all. But if they chose to do that and chose to do the numbers, 
change out the numbers and everything. That would be the really uh, the only concept I can actually say that would actually work in that case because everybody's going to be just like that time when everybody wanted Edris Alba and myself included wanted him to be the next James Bond and everybody's like, well, he's Edris Alba can't do that because he's white. No, um, is black. And I'm like, no. He can play James Bond and everything. Black Superman, that's what I'm calling him, can play James Bond. As l- and here's the thing. I said this whenever I was interviewing Tamika, and I'll say it here. When you cast a certain actor to play a certain role, and they're a different race, it's okay to cast a different race as that character, as long as it doesn't benefit the actor. And if it benefits the actor, then you're going to run into problems because of the fact that they're trying to find out a way to fit that actor into that character rather than the character becoming that, uh, the actor becoming that character. But that's just my viewpoint on that. But still, I would love to see Idris Elba as Jambo 07, but that's not going to happen now because that's the whole idea is debunked because of the people, because people didn't want a black James Bond. But, I would be perfectly fine with any kind of race or anything like that for someone to play James Bond. And I want no connectivity with Daniel uh, with Daniel Craig. Make it your own James Bond. Go from there. Tell me what you guys think about that, though. Do you want a female James Bond? Do you want it to be where they can just change the numbers up and the agency just change up the numbers and that's going to be the new James Bond? Or would you rather them do go down my route where you don't have any connectivity with... James Bond at all with the Daniel Craig version. You make your own James Bond movie and that's it. So tell me what you guys think about that. So now I'm going to go on ahead and talk about Can't Hardly Wait. Now this movie came out in 1998. It stars Jennifer Love Hewitt. You also have Seth Green in this movie. You have uh, a lot of young actors in this film that you never would have thought. You, like I said, you have... Uh, Lauren Ambrose. You also have Charlie uh, Cosmo in this movie. And I'm just going to say this. This film, if you're in high school, you can actually relate to this film. And even after you graduate high school, you can actually relate to this film. And I love how this movie starts off because normally when you see a film like this, it always starts off with they're in high school, they're getting ready to graduate, and that's it. And there's going to be a party afterwards, and that's where it actually follows you. That's where most films actually follow you at, is in high school, you have your cliques, you have everything. But in this one, they do something completely different, which is something I liked, was they went on ahead and started off on the day of graduation. You actually get to hear the graduation speak. Uh, speakers, you actually get to see this one guy who's actually naked underneath uh, the cap and gown doing a senior prank, and then you run into the main character, and that's Preston Myers. Preston Myers has a crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt, who plays Amanda Beckett, and you see, Preston has been having this crush on her since the since junior high, and ever since. She ended up having the same Pop-Tart as him. And he was going to make his move up until 
Mike Dexter came along. And that's when she became the popular girl in high school. And after that, he hadn't tried to make a move ever since. She's been one of those drooling high school uh, guys who has a crush on on this girl who just doesn't have the kahunas to actually ask her out or anything like that. And then it's graduation day. He knows this is going to be the last time that he actually gets to see her. And he knows that he has to make this move or else it's the end of the world for him pretty much because it's now or never. So we have that plot going on. And then I like also too, like when they introduce the characters, they actually show their yearbook photos and then their yearbook quotes. So I thought that was actually pretty neat on how they actually do that part. And then you also have Seth Green, who plays this wanna, uh, who plays a wannabe rapper, uh, rapper who dresses dresses up in baggy clothes and everything. I, and his character is just hilarious because of the fact that you know I actually have a friend in high school that was like that, where he he had the baggy jeans. He even had even whenever people went into the vanilla ice stage and everything. And this is not even, get this, I didn't graduate in the 90s or, or anything like that when Vanilla Ice came out. All of a sudden, it's in the early 2000s, he has his head shaved in the word, in, uh, in his uh, name. And I'm like, it's not even the 90s, but that's his style. That's what he wanted to do. But it made me think of people that I knew back then that I went to high school with. And then also, too, you have the this one chick, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, who is trying to get as many names as she can in the yearbook at this party. And so the way she can actually remember everybody. Then you have another thing that's going on, too. Like, I like how it actually shows all these people at this party. To actually show the clicks that everybody's in so you can actually relate to. Then you also have the geeks who don't like the popular kids at all. Or anything like that. You have uh, this whole entire thing where it's like Revenge of the Nerds kind of thing. Because don't forget, back in the 90s, it wasn't cool to be a geek. It wasn't cool to actually be someone that is into computers, science, or anything like that. So... Geeks got a lot of hell in high school. So what do they do? They're plotting something against Mike Dexter. And so anyways, they come up with this master plan where they wind up sitting camp on top of a house. And they wait until their other geek friend comes in, nerd friend comes in and comes outside with Mike Dexter. And then that's when they hop off the roof and they tackle down Mike Dexter to do a prank on Mike Dexter. To ruin his reputation. Not like as soon as you graduate or whatever. That's the end of it. But no. They want to torment this guy and everything. To give him a loving hell. And I actually like that whole entire aspect. So you have that. And then he, then the uh, nerd also says this too. He said I got this all planned out. He goes. What are you going to do about drinking? He goes I got it planned out. I have a card. It'll show me the levels of of how much I drank. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into details on how that part plays out. But you have that going on. You have Kenny, which is played by Seth Green, who's into 
the whole rap thing where they're acting like he wants to hit on these girls. He even has uh, KY Jelly. He has condoms. His character's just off the wall ridiculous, but funny. Um, then you also have... You also have Preston Myers' friend, who's played by uh, Lauren Ambrose, who plays Denise. And Denise doesn't even want to be at this party at the beginning or anything like that. Because she doesn't... She was... she In a way, if you think about it, she kind of reminds you of uh, the character from 10 Things I Hate About You, who just doesn't want to do everything else because it's popular. So she doesn't even want to be there in the first place, but she's there to support her friend who wants to be with this popular girl, even though she knows there's no chance in hell that he can get with her. With her. And, but she doesn't have the heart to want to just back away or anything like that. She wants to be there for him. She wants to support him and everything. So I really liked that whole, I really liked her as a character for him. And then you have this other, who doesn't have a rock, who doesn't want to become a rock star in high school? You actually have these other group of kids at this party that's supposed to be performing for them. And I'm not sure if it's called Whataburger. I don't think so, but I forgot, I forgot the name of the, uh, the actual band. But anyways, they, this kid is actually dressed in like an Austin Powers kind of of suit, which is really funny because it's like, okay, you don't know what what style band you are or anything like that. You're dressed like that. The other one is dressed like Hootie and the Blowfish with a hat on, a country western ha- with a cowboy hat on. Then all of a sudden he goes, hey, look, at maybe we should wear the shirts. And then... The lead singer of the band goes, no, those are for the fans. And he goes, and what's up with the logo? What are you doing changing my the look of the band? And everything. Next thing you know, they get into a tussle with that. You have the foreign exchange student that people are picking on for the way that he's talking. You have all this stuff going on in this film. And I really have to say, this film is very enjoyable. I laughed my ass off in this movie watching this film. And it's not the first time that I've seen this film. I've seen this film several times. But I go back to it every single time if there's nothing on TV. And I, it's actually on Hulu right now. And I, I, if I want a good laugh, I'll go on ahead and go back into my youth days of actually seeing Can't Hardly Wait. And... There's actually this one other... There's this funny part, though, too, with Kenny, where he goes upstairs to use the bathroom. And he's thinking that he's going to get with this one girl downstairs. And he has the backpack ready to go. He's ready to go. He even calls himself Special K. (laughs) Like I said, it's ridiculous. So he goes upstairs, and then all of a sudden, you have uh, Denise that goes up up the stairs she doesn't have any clue that Kenny's even in the bathroom to begin with at all and he next thing you know it they get locked in the bathroom together because it only locks in one way it only unlocks in one way and that's the outside it doesn't open from the inside so they have that little story going on where they run into each other after so many years of being in high school and this this film is about friendship. It's about having the guts to say I love you to the person that 
you've been wanting to say I love you to. Cameron is probably, no, not Cameron, but Preston is probably one of the characters that is the most charismatic guy that you could ever meet. And also very sensitive towards her, uh, towards Amanda Beckett. And not only that, but Amanda Beckett also, too, breaks up with Mike Baxter as well. So she's actually available. So it also gives... It also it also gives Preston a chance to make a move on her. And not to mention, she's already getting hit on as is, but he has this letter that he wrote her from the very beginning, and he wants to give it to her. And every single time that he tries to give it to her, something bad always winds up happening to the point where he... To where he can't even give it to her, where he can't even present it to her, or anything like that. And here's the thing: you always have this one guy that ruins everything for you, and it's always the guy that is like, "Hey, you remember that one time when da 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 da?" And then you're trying to talk to this girl, and if something completely embarrassing happens, and it ruins everything. And he's still, but the thing is, I have to give it up for Preston, though. Because, here's the thing, this guy does not give up, he still wants to do his thing. He still wants to go on ahead and pursue her. And I'm not going to go into spoiler details about that, but I know this movie seems like it has a lot going on in this film, where it's only supposed to be centered on Preston trying to get with Amanda Beckett, but... It's got so much stuff in it that you can actually gravitate, gravit- um, where you can actually go ahead and relate to the characters into where you can actually focus on each character. As a matter of fact, whenever the camera pan angles away from them, you kind of wish that they would actually stay on a certain character because you might actually be drawn to that certain character. And also, too, I also want to mention the nerd, though, too. He's drinking. He's totally messed up to the point where he doesn't know what he's doing. And it's just chaos. It's total chaos, of course, because of the fact that it's a party with high schoolers. And also, too, you also have the kid with the big ears from Major Pain. I forgot the actor's name. But he plays like a clipto that just goes around stealing stuff just for the heck of it. And, you know, he doesn't say anything. He just goes on hit and takes anything he sees. He takes. So you have that little uh, comedy in it as well. So, I mean, if you haven't seen Can't Hardly Wait, I strongly recommend that you guys actually check it out. I really enjoyed Can't Hardly Wait. And like I said, it's just one of those films that you can actually relate to. And also, too, the thing that I really liked about this film was the fact that, you know, this guy who's really likes this girl and he's trying everything that he can to pursue her. And, you know, I would have actually gave up if something embarrassing happened or anything like that, because I would figure that my moment has actually ended. But, you know, Preston just keeps on going and he pursues her. And, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to um, spoiler territory, but it's actually pretty good. The movie is good. And then also too, he also thinks that because of the song Mandy was playing on the radio, that's a sign from God that it's destined for him to be with 
Amanda Beckett because Amanda's short for uh, Mandy's short for Amanda. But even his friend even tells him that song is not about a uh, not about a girl. It's about a about Barry Barry Manilow's dog named Mandy. He goes, no, 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 it's not. It's it's about Amanda. Amanda Amanda is short for Amanda. So she's like, you know what? You're clueless. I'm just going to ignore you kind of thing. But anyways, if you haven't checked this film out, go in and check it out on Hulu. I think you guys are going to be in for a good laugh. Tell me what you guys think about that. And as always, until next time, bye-bye.